Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA Podcast on wearecavan.com. We're going to be looking uh, back over and ahead to the Hotel Kilmore Senior Championship um, clash from last weekend and the, uh, the fixtures coming up this weekend, final round there. And we're also going to be discussing the All-Ireland final between Dublin and Tyrone. And for this very special podcast, we brought in the doctor himself, uh, Mr. Michael Hannon, or Dr. Michael Hannon. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, Michael. You're very welcome, David. And of course, we have our resident uh, expert, Paul Fitzpatrick from the anglo Celtics. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, David. Good to have you. <laughs> You feel a little bit inferior at the minute, do you? Because the doc is in the house. Yeah, one of these super fit people always makes you feel bad in yourself. Yeah, yeah, definitely hate them. Absolutely hate them. But you're not one of those people, of course. I'm talking about you, David. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We we, we will go on to the the All-Ireland final in a wee bit, but the Hotel Kilmer Senior Championship heating up, round three gone. I suppose it'd be remiss not to talk about Calvin Gale's not having won a game yet in the championship, but still in with a shout, Michael. Yeah, I saw them last week against Skyna. I have to say, really enjoyed the game. Uh, very closely contested match. I think the lead actually changed six times. Oh no, the two teams were level six times over the course of the game. That's how how evenly it played out. Uh, yeah, the Gales, look, you know, this is championship. You, you need to be hitting form come the championship, you know, like they they hadn't lost a game under Jason Riley, I think, until the the league, league final. final. And then next thing, their next game was championship, and next thing they lost two two games in a row under him. So um, that can maybe just have a bit of a wobble. Their first wobble under him. So if if they if they came out, would any of us here bet against them getting to get to the final again? If they managed to scrape through, no, you mm. wouldn't, because y- you know that they have uh, in terms of quality, there's still a decent sprinkling of quality throughout the team, but. Are they playing as well as they're playing last year? No. Are they far off it? No. But they're probably just at that point where teams are able to compete with them still. Yeah, it's. I suppose Paul. Everybody's everybody's talking about. Well, even even if we go back to the game itself, the, the word I heard from it was that had it gone on longer, probably Garner would have won it. Would, would well, you weren't at it, were you, Paul? No, I wasn't at it. No, no. you were at it though, yeah. obviously. So, yeah. would, would you agree with it? Sorry. If the game had gone on, Garner... Garner would have won. I don't... Possibly. They possibly would have won. I mean, the Gales had emptied their bench. And we're used to the Gales emptying their bench and people in the stands and neutrals kind of going, oh, God, here's another player. You know, Mm. (laughs) look, uh, he just... Quality. Quality player coming on. There's not that feeling anymore when when they're emptying the bench. I tell you, Mickey, uh, I actually look back through this. When the Gales won... Say the county final in two thousand and eight, they brought on Niall Murray that day. He was a county minor, and they brought on uh, Kevin Meehan. There was another year they brought on uh, Carl Crotty and Cormac Nedigan, who weren't long finished playing senior football with Cavan. Uh, another year they brought on I think it was Sean Riley. Um, Martin Dunn came on one year. He wasn't fully fit, but he had been coming on, and 
feeling was he'd been fit enough to start, but he just didn't make the starting team for the final. That was the calibre of player they were bringing on a couple of years ago. And regardless of what was said, I know Mickey Ling last year before the county final in an interview with the Celts said that it was the best panel he had worked with in in the Gales. But I wrote a piece last year and I was saying that, you know, the Gales aren't going to reign forever like they did with this with this team. And Mickey Mickey said at the time that he thought they were going to prove that in the years to come and, and they weren't just good enough to win a championship, they were good enough to win a string of championships. I didn't think that last year. I just don't think the depth is there. Compared to what and that's by their own high standards, you know. They don't have county senior standard players almost to bring on where, where they had when they're in their pump. You know, th- well, you're right there by their own by their own standards. They were so far of everyone ahead of everyone there for a while. That that's not the case now. No, so the, the, like I I do remember looking at the subs kind of going on and kind of going, well, did they have an impact? And they didn't probably have that impact. So maybe that's that's what whoever told you said that mm-hmm. about the game going on was was thinking or referring to. You know, no, we're used to seeing the games get stronger, throwing on the bench and getting stronger. Didn't see that at all, you know. Now, Gauna still probably... The games could have made five or six substitutions and Gauna only made two or three, maybe three in total. So I didn't see Gauna uh, throwing more and more lads on. So, you know, again, you don't need... You need to have 18 fit players. Remember remember, some Paul, Paul Brady said that to me once about Mullahorn. He goes, you, you can't win a championship with 15 players. You need to have three decent subs, subs to go on. And that so, was a few years ago, I'd say. Yeah, that was... <laughs> you know, as in, but you, I, I, in my opinion now, you need more. You possibly need... You 18, need 18 probably isn't enough. 19 maybe now, is it? Yeah, so look, the, the, the Gales... But they're not playing that bad. Like They, they still played okay. They're... You know, there's a couple, there, there's a few things that could click, and 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 yeah. I'm missing a lot, a lot of goal chances, Mickey, and I think that I noticed that against against Casaran, they missed three or four goal chances at the start of the second half in that game. Now they got points from them all, but they were all goal chances. Yeah. Um, the same, the same the first day against Kilgarry, they missed a bag full of goal chances, and the same apparently against Gowna, they missed a few good goal chances. Like that is going to click because they have proven goal scorers in their team. Like O'Connor is a brilliant goal scorer. Martin Dunn is a brilliant goal scorer. I remember Mark Gillick telling me a few years ago when Dunn first came on the scene that he regularly scored in double figures in the goals in every year for Gales in his first few years. Like if he gets a, sh- a chance in around the box, he'll bury it. Mm. Well, well, Paul O'Connor was playing in the half forward line the last day, so. He- like was he playing well you know no he was not playing as well as he can play he tried a couple of things that didn't come off from if they had to come off from him on another day he could have been looking and saying god like he played one ball that was actually unbelievable it was a brilliantly executed ball to to Mickey Ling Mickey Ling took a shot the keeper made a brilliant save put it out for a 45 and you know if that had gone into the net there would have probably been a big roar and the Gales would have been on the road again and this yeah. is in, in, in the second half he, he, got, he got a half chance against Kilgarry, um, the first game, the first round of the championship, and he put it in the top corner. He buried it like, so like he has that in his locker. Yeah. The the, the the question is, I suppose, right, and while you say they're not far off what they were at last year, what is the difference? Well, last year I remember looking at them last year. They weren't. They weren't. This might sound like a slight against them. Last year they weren't brilliant. Right, so when I say they're not far off them this year, they're still not how far what they were far off what they were doing last year. But last year they weren't brilliant. But what they were doing better than everyone is they were doing the simple things way better. Like the hand passes weren't hitting the ground. Mm-hmm. Everything was going to the man. So they were doing, and I just kind of remember no, noting as I was watching them, they are doing nothing I- exceptional here. They're just doing all the simple things, but they're doing them the simple things way better to a much higher standard than all the other teams, and that's why they were they were uh, five or six points better than most teams that they played. This year, 
you know, if they're if we're looking for them to do something extraordinary, I don't think that's in their arsenal anymore. It wasn't in it last year. But what they need to get back to doing is the simple things of a higher standard than everyone else. Mm. But last year they were extremely motivated, and yes. I do think the motivation has dipped. Like. Like Sean Johnson is still the man that makes them take. He's the pulse of the team, and he has the X factor. Last year, they could have been beaten in the quarter final out in Cornerfane against Krushla. Uh, Jelly mustered up two magical points uh, in the last couple of minutes, and he was he was so motivated. You could see it in the county final as well. He wanted to win that tenth medal, and mm. I mean that was that's a big prize for any player. Like that's a, a legacy issue, and and um, I don't I don't I think the bellies are full as I say I, ju- I just think that the, the, the hunger isn't there in them. and you can't replicate the hunger either you have it or you haven't you might call yourself that you have it but if it's not there it'll be it'll be found out and where, where I'd, I'd just question on that is is I, I definitely think that that's a factor I think that the motivation is a factor and can you then bring that motivation that la- right if you get to a quarter final semi final final the motivation comes back up but for me their their ability to to transform into highly motivated players very quickly. I don't think that that happens. I think that that's something that builds up over a year through work, through through something else that has happened the previous year, and you start off motivated. I don't think you can really just increase that level of motivation in a championship. Yeah, it's not a light switch. You no, can't just, no. Yeah. I don't think so. And I think that that's where Cavan Gales possibly may get caught out you know that that are and maybe caught out at the minute that when it comes to the wall when it comes to the, the the crucial point in a game the desire of the of the team is what's going to d- decide the the outcome and i don't think Calvin Gill's desire is just where it was yeah well uh, so if you just compare last year to this year right my my view on last year two things one they were doing all around the pitch they were doing the simple things better they weren't getting turned over in the turnover because they weren't bringing the ball into the tackle, right? They kept moving the ball before the tackle, and they were the, the ball wasn't hitting the ground. They were, they, the ball was just crisp. Everything was was simple things done really well. The second thing that that I would have said about them last year, which gave them a huge advantage over every other team, was Kieran Flynn's kickouts. Like they were playing in Breffney Park on a big open pitch in the Championship, and Kieran Flynn's kickouts, you know. They, they had a monopoly on their own kickers, right? And, and that was happening because an awful lot of teams were playing a sweeper against them, and yeah. it gave Kevin Meehan the free roll. And he's a brilliant ball player. So, but he, they had this year is different. They had they had men coming, and he'd turn around, and he'd put, play the ball over the press, and you know if there was any bit of a press. This year, teams are saying, "Okay, the hell with that." Like Gowner, for example, the other day were willing to send men up the field and leave leave forwards unmarked high up the field. Casarahan did it in the league final and, and it worked a treat for them they, they, they put the pressure on, on the kickout so if you're losing maybe you, you were used to winning all your kickouts and now suddenly you're losing five or six or seven kickouts a game because breaking ball is being picked up by the opposition or they're forcing you to you know they're forcing you to kick it longer and they're, they're, they're winning cleaner winning breaks that's an extra six possessions and six possessions might translate into you know, six attacks, which could give you maybe four shots, which could give you two points. And that could be the mm. difference in them having won two games and lost two games. So th- teams, like the whole kick-out dynamic has changed nationally in the last 18 months. One with the mark and two with teams beginning to commit men forward and, and press and press only. So it, there's those two things would be the two things. They get back, if they get to, if they get get through and they get playing in Breffney Park again, and it's a bit harder maybe to to press a kick out in those situations well the earliest happen. occasion that they'll get the opportunity to play in Breffney Park in Kingsman Breffney is the f- county final, final. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but it, like it's it's 
akin to Dublin and, and Crow Park, like you play so many games there, it becomes your it comes it becomes like a home venue. Like Cavan Gales, I would say, have played ninety percent of their championship matches in Breffney in the last in the last long number Decade of years or longer. Yeah, like they, 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 for some reason, they always seem to play their, their matches in Breffney. And this year, like I remember saying it on a podcast earlier in the year that we talked about how lacking might be a danger in the championship because on, on tight pitches with their physical mm. size around the middle of the field and their athleticism of McKernan and Galligan, fellas like that, they can make more of an impact maybe on a tighter pitch. And uh, we're seeing that probably as well. But we also said that it'd be very interesting to see how Cavan Gales will cope outside of Breffney. Like if you look at their last five games, so the closest thing you can get to a championship match is a league final. So if you include that, and we call that a championship game for the purposes of this, their last five championship games um, outside of Breffney, three this year, and they haven't got a win. They lost the league final. And then last year they played the quarter final, as I said, in Cornerfane. It was the toughest game they got all, all year. Uh, or part mm-hmm. could Hill drew with them, but that was a dead rubber. But that was a tough game they got off uh, the right. of Crush So, you know, I, I think it, I think actually probably it emboldens the other team more than as much as anything. It, it, it gives the other team they're, maybe they're thinking, well, you know, we can we can get at them here. Maybe they can up their performance rather than the guys dropping it. Mm. We'll 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 close up on on the senior championship because we will discuss all the permutations and and uh, all the possible outcomes. Maybe at a podcast later on in the week, but. Michael, you're playing your football in Monaghan. Looking at the system in Cavan, the championship structure, what do you think of it? Well, look, it's the same structure as last year, but they've obviously got 12 teams now instead of, was it 15 14, 14 last year? It, it, that has made a big difference in terms of the competitiveness of all the matches because you don't have, Balnia haven't covered themselves in glory yet, but y- y- you don't really have any team that's overly weak compared to all the rest mm. getting hammered week in, week out. So, uh yeah, like I, like I, the the monitoring structure work works great in terms of the length of time it takes to run off, the competitiveness of it, but it, it all works because it's predicated on the, on the standard of being good. Like there's six or seven really really good strong teams in Monaghan. In Cavan, you have something similar now, where you have six or seven teams of a very good sta- well, of a decent standard or a similar standard. We, 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 we've yet to see how, how good that standard is, but we, we know that the, there's been a levelling off in standard. So I, I've quite enjoyed the new, the, the structure. Mm. I've enjoyed this year's championship. Uh, you know, look, every how many teams can qualify? Eight teams are going to the quarterfinal. Yep. And how many are within in with a shot still going to the last round? Think you've ten. Ten can ten of the twelve can st- still yeah. get something to there's play. There's only for. one dead rubber. Oh, oh. Sorry, but no, Balanya is the only team that that. Sherlock would need a miracle, really. I don't think. Well, no, two points, haven't they? Not if only one point. Only one point. Okay, sorry. I don't think it's mathematically possible for them. But okay. you still have ten. The funny thing is, though, how many games have we played? Work this out, Mickey. Your your maths major. Uh, so we've got we've got twelve teams. I've so all played four games. Well, it's six games around, and you've played three rounds, so you've only played eighteen games. Eighteen games. So you'll, you'll have played twenty-four games to get rid of four teams, which is a funny way of looking at it too. Like in Fermanagh. Yeah, but you you have to think how many games league league games do they play? This is year, one, ten is it? Eleven. 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 Right. So eleven games plus everybody gets four. That means you're only guaranteeing you're only guaranteed fifteen games of football in a year. So don't don't. But if you take in relegation or quarter final, you've won more. Yeah, that is one thing that I have to say. Monaghan has uh, over Cavan is the relegation playoff. Like the ten senior teams in in the league in Monaghan are the ten teams that play championship, and the league your league form relegates you. So there's none of this hanging around to play a relegation playoff in in the championship. You, if you get relegated in the league, you go down the championship. So it puts it puts an emphasis on the league football 
being mm. meaningful. Every game that you play in the league is meaningful because and they actually usually, it's a bit different this year because Monaghan got to the All-Ireland semi-final. But traditionally what you would have had is uh, you would have had a championship match, you would have had a backdoor game, you would have had a league game and then you would have had another championship match. And that's the way they would have run the, run the championship off in Monaghan. And that, w- w- so even though you might have, you know, you're, you're in the middle of a championship, you still have a league game and this could be game, you know, 15 out of 18 and you're kind of saying, well, we need to win this, lads, because even if we won the championship game last week, if we lose this game, we would be getting relegated in, in another few weeks. So it, it, it ma- makes all the football played at this time of year really competitive, not just the championship games. And, you know, you might find the odd team can say, well, look, we're so far ahead in the league that we don't need to worry about this this mm. league match this week but mm. by and large you, you find that every game played is, is important Final question to the two of you is, lads and I know we're, we're coming into the final round of the Hotel Kilmore Senior Championship who's going to win it? Start off with you Paul I'll give you a winner and a, and a dark horse Good stuff uh, I think Just Ka- for bonus I think Castle <laughs> are going to win You're going to sit in the fence There's a precedent <laughs> before Mullahorn lost three county finals in a row and they kept at it and their panel got stronger and they won it in, in t- 2006 I, th- I do think Castellan are going to win it this year I think this is their strongest team um, it's going to need to be they're going to need to be stronger than they were but I think they will win it this year and my dark horse is Krushla. Um I think that they've shown enough in glimpses that they can play at a very very high level um, such as when they, they went 10 points up against Ballyan 20 minutes the last day but they've also, they're also typical of a young team they're inconsistent but I think Krushla, if they can put it together for long enough I, I think they, they could surprise a few teams as well you don't have to give a dark horse, Michael, but you you're, 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 you can if you want. <laughs> well, I haven't probably seen enough teams play to, to be to be given dark horses, but like, I I think this is kind of Castle Ryan's year. I think there's something just coming together nicely for them. Mm. I think my my view on Castle Ryan there for a number of years was that they they didn't seem to be improving. They they seemed to be f- stuck at the same level, and it was always going to be a case of whether or not. They were going to play a team that was like the Gales. Were they going to catch the Gales on the day the Gales were, were were down? But I think this year we've seen an improvement in them. There's there's been a, a, a no, will it be enough of an improvement to get them over the line? I think it might just be. So I'm mm. going to actually say that yeah, Catherine. I'd love to see them winning that. To be fair, like they've been so <laughs> consistent. It's like my oh, I think that they would be the neutral choice. Well, what I what I love about them is from from what I've seen of them this year is they're. They're more attacking yet again, and and I know last year through the championship I was saying how they were more attacking than county final. I think they they went back to they're giving up a lot of goal chances f- for all that attacking. Yeah, don't don't spoil it. You're oh, gonna have you're gonna have them up in Balladuff now working on a blanket defence as yeah, a result of yeah. that. I I take the balance of it because for me their best asset is going forward. They have pace and they've good ball players when they're going forward, and they haven't used that enough in the last few years. And do, I think do credit the Gales, to the management. Do the Gales lads have anyone that they could throw in as a target man in the full forward line? Because I think I think Castleran are struggling for height in there. David Red is still out. They struggle with Edo Cole as they always do. The last day, be interesting if they met in the quarter final. Would the Gales lob someone in on the edge of the square? I don't know. Well, they, they, the Gales played Evan Fortune midfield the other day. Mm. Um, Holding midfielder though. Well, the, the, he he actually, actually sweeper. Yeah. He started extremely well. He played the first twenty minutes. He was he was outstanding. Then he kind of went out of the game a little bit. But like, if the Gales are going to throw someone in there, it, who it, the Gales aren't a team blessed with height. Like Paul O'Connor, we know is decent in the high ball. But uh, you know, can Paul Graham move in if Evan Fortune's playing midfield? Like, the, I I don't know. You're lining that up. 
nearly like the Gales are going to be playing Castle Rand in the quarter final. No, I'm just saying it's like it's possible. It's it's very possible because if mm-hmm. it looks like Castle Rand are going to top the group, you'd imagine them they'll win this weekend. Well, I, I, I don't have nothing to play for. I done a little exercise earlier on from you were you were telling me your predictions for this weekend, and on the exercise I put those predictions onto the spreadsheet and. It'll come down to score difference between four teams for the last three spots. And on the current score difference, Calvin Gales are ninth. They're ninth. So it's uh, now yeah. that's that's on, on current score difference. But even if they get ahead a now, because they're only, I think, a one behind one or two of the teams. So even if they get ahead, eight or seven are very, very possible for Calvin Gales. You know, so we could be a, looking at a quarter-final of Castle Rand Gales. They didn't draw, uh, we'll say, Rammer, because you'd have two of the heavyweights playing and they'd both have to win, whereas you'd wonder with Lacken. Do they need to like win? Like, the smart move for Lacken, obviously, would be go all guns out. If they want to try and win the championship, they have an opportunity to knock out the, the champions. But And they probably will, I'm sure they will do that. But again, it goes back to that motivation thing. Like In the back of our minds, who's going to want it more, Calvin Gales or Lacken? When it really comes down to it, the Gales have to win. Lacken would like to win. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's vital. But they, like, it's probably in Lacken's long-term interest to put the Gales out. Oh, completely, completely. Yeah. Yeah. But, do they, but if, if Lacken hold up shop... Oh, there's no love lost if, there, is there? Yeah, but if Lacken just held up shop and said, right, we're just going to park the bus here, like, the Gales don't just need to win, they need to win... Mm-hmm. That's right. That, like yeah. that, that, that could be a real yeah, like, six. Like, <laughs> like, like a two-two at half time would would be <laughs> in the familiar territory <laughs> for Lacken. I tell you, I tell you, what they're at. If you if we think that, then, then a treble should be put on with uh, Kiligary or Lavi to beat Shercock, Kiligary to beat Coothill and and Rammer to beat Kingscourt. I wouldn't be one bit surprised if those three results didn't come in. And if Lacken win, so Rammer Kingscourt. Oh, sorry, Rammer Gowna. Rammer, yeah. I, I wouldn't be one bit surprised if if, tho- if those three teams didn't win. And if, if one of them loses and, and the Gales win, the Gales are true anyway. Mm. But then they play Castellan. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. Anyway, the, the, uh, the senior championship heating up this weekend. As I said, we will be bringing you uh, an additional podcast focusing on the championships on the club scene. Brady's Arva Limited. Main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Here in Callaghan Electrical Limited has been providing a quality service to the industrial, commercial and domestic sectors nationwide since 1996. Reduce your business's energy bill with our energy audit. Or if you need any electrical works carried out, why not contact Kieran Callahan Electrical on 049-433-0111. When we do have Dr. Hannan in, we, we want to look back on the All-Ireland final and, uh, and, and I suppose... Is there a doctor in the building? There is a doctor. <laughs> somebody, somebody get the defib onto Tyrone, or, or is it, or is it that badly needed, Michael? 
sorry, what's the question? <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't be there at all. That are Tyrone after the weekend better off than they were before? Of course, they're a hundred percent better off. Yeah, yeah. I've this. I I've been spouting this line for a while now. Right, you need to play Dublin if you want to beat them, because they, Dublin have so many strings <laughs> to their bow that you need to. Well, it's such an obvious statement, but, no, it, but and it's true in any situation. But you need to play them yeah. re- repeatedly. Like you yeah, need okay, every yeah. time you play them, you learn. So that's the only way to learn. Like 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 Dublin for Tyrone last year thought, oh, we'll go up here. Dublin won't be able to pick us apart with our famed defence. Right? Nonsense. They're the best team in the country at doing it, and they showed it. And now Tyrone went away and went, okay, lads, we need to come up with a different plan. They came up with a different plan. They were closer, right? They were six points this time rather than twelve points. Like the game's still probably over after half an hour as opposed to fifteen minutes after. But the the point is they're they're learning all the time. They're getting their matchups right. They're like, well, okay, they know Tyrion and McCann can't live with Kieran Kilkenny, right? So maybe next time to say we'll put Hampsey on Kilkenny. So are they getting closer? If they go about it the right way, yes, they're they should be getting closer. They should be better off. When you when you mention when you mention that matchup and it's funny at the game I I was saying that I thought some of the matchups were wrong by managers by both sides but Tiernan McCann offers you something going forward there were, I think Mickey Hart was hoping that Tiernan McCann could do what Lee Keegan does snuff out their best player and still give you something going forward and and he's he's not that quality but did they did they lose something in their attack by putting Tiernan McCann on to Kieran Kilkenny Yeah well see. <laughs> Again, Jim Gavin learned from the the Kieran Kilkenny Lee Keegan incident last year. Kilkenny was playing in the half forward line the whole year long, and Keegan went on and marked marked him there. So at the start of the, the National League, Jim Gavin said, "I'm not going to let a man marker upset our system of play because our point guard or whatever Kieran Kilkenny is can't get on the ball and pull the strings." So they said, "Kieran, you're going to play in the full forward line, and we're going to find a way to operate without you in the half forward line for teams that are playing set up with a mass defence." And Kilkenny had a brilliant National League scoring mm-hmm. something like 218 or 219. It was, it was unbelievable what he did. So, Mickey Hart, if he thought, I'm going to put Tiernan McCann on Kieran Kilkenny, Kieran Kilkenny wasn't playing in the half forward line. He was playing in, in the full forward line the other day. So, look, it, it, was a, it was a bad. If he was expecting, no one was expecting Lee Keegan to get forward from cornerback, you know? Yeah, it's a he, he when he made that he first one. Of, well, he might have got forward once. Like McCann got forward for, forward once in the first twelve or thirteen minutes, he kicked his point. But like he wasn't gonna, he wasn't gonna go repeatedly breaking Dublin's hearts from cornerback. Like he just, mm. it's just not feasible. There's another point, Mickey. That I've often heard you saying that when a team, let's uh, say Tyrone last year, they're winning and winning and winning, so they're, they're never going to change the system while they're winning. Yeah, and but, but is it is it soon going to reach the point where that's going to be an Achilles heel of Dublin's? Well, no, because they're not going to change. What well, they have. Well, hold, I I would have. Their bi- their last big change came after they lost. After 2014, they went away and, and they spent the entire national league working on how blanket, to break down a break, blanket defense. Yeah. But uh, like this is this is one of the Dublin strengths. They they have changed even though they they have been winning. Like for example, Kieran yeah. Kilkenny, they won last year's All Ireland final. But at the start of this year, Jim Gavin changed his role in the team because he recognised, you know, that was a weakness of our system. If Kilkenny is took out of the game, w- you know, we were a bit headless there for t- at times in those, those Mayo games because we didn't have k- him getting the players into their positions and running the play. So he was like, because we couldn't get him on the ball. So he, he recognised that. So there is a good manager, even when you win, learning lessons. Mm. A lot of managers don't learn lessons. They only learn them when, when, when they lose. And I think that they have changed. Even I know it was, it was a drastic change after they were beaten, but even in the last year, 
or year and a half, I'd say they've they've added more of a defensive structure to their game. They're they're more more than willing now than any other team to put fifteen players behind the ball. It doesn't bother them. There was a number of occasions in the All Ireland final where. Dublin had all their players inside their own half of the field and that, that was an evolution of them that they wouldn't have done that two, three years ago. So Yeah, well they, they, they tend to get men back but they tend to always be within within close proximity of, of whoever they're marking. Like, they don't just drop them back as deep as other teams sometimes, you know? Yeah. They're, they're, they're they, the best team. Like They're the best players and, they're, and they've got the best system. But like it's not beyond the realms of possibility that some team will have better players or as good a players as them in the near future. Yeah. So, is it possible that uh, that team can have just as good a system? I think of course it is. I, I I don't buy into this thing that they're almost unbeatable now. And, and I, I, I had this discussion to you off air earlier as well, Damien. That everyone, especially we say Ewan McKenna, like he's on, Ewan's made a crusade out of this thing that financial doping and Dublin have bought the All Ireland and stuff like that. But if that was the case, how could how could eight of the twenty-one players have come from from one underage team? Like that, that should be, have been beat by if, Cavan. If if this is all based on money, where they're flooding coaches into clubs and all that kind of thing, it would be an absolute aberration then for for whatever percentage of them, thirty percent of them or whatever it is, more make thirty-five percent of eight out of twenty-one to be from the one team. It makes absolutely no sense if that's the case. Well, clearly that is not the case. I I think it's a golden generation and they, they have these advantages, but I think if they were working off Cavan's budget or whatever it is, they'd still be winning. Well, just on that, right, when Bernard Brogan and Michael Dara and all those boys, that was meant to be, and Paul Flynn, that was a golden generation. Right, Jeremy Connolly and all those. And now you're talking about another golden generation. Like, Dublin is Dublin. There will be another golden generation coming right behind them. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if I agree with you on that. Yeah. I don't think that, and I was making this point off air, I don't think that, that the All-Ireland winning team of this year is as good as the All-Ireland winning team of two years ago or three years ago. I, I personally think that while he has changed the team by bringing in the new lads, Merchant and all these, you know, the other lads, I don't think that they're the same quality. Personally, I think that while he's what he's trying to do is create this, that it's a constant flow of injection of new players, take out the older boys and the new players are going to be every bit as good. But I personally don't think they are. I... I I stated it straight after the game. I don't think there's a five in a row there. Personally, that's my opinion on it. It's a big call. Play this audio next year. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's a, it is a big call. But I, I think they're, I think they're there to be got at. I, I don't think it's as strong a team. And I think that he is. I think Jim Gavin is so determined to create a legacy, you know, as in and something that that that's going to be replicated after he goes. That. Yeah. He he's he's maybe fallen into his own pit. Well, the 2013 team was way more flamboyant than what we're seeing at the moment, right? They played their football that they played was better to look at, but you know they kicked the ball a lot more. This current team is being coached to, as a kind of response to 2014's loss to Donegal and the, the way teams set up defensively since then. Like to say they're not better, I. I do you know that the 2000, was a 2011 minor team Jack McCaffrey was that his team yeah they, they I remember hearing stories about that team when they were 15 right saying people saying this was the most talented Dublin group of Dubliners that uh, under age team that they ever had I remember that's, that's the team that produced the eight players yeah and people talking I remember uh, hearing stories about Kieran Kilkenny when he was a 14 year old mm. from a fellow from Castleknock and saying oh it's, it's unbelievable these, these lads coming through in Dublin so like, but you're not hearing that at the minute. 
about the current. No, well, I'm not. No, <laughs> like, not, not be I smart. heard in, that in coppers at two thirty on a, on a Wednesday morning. <laughs> and in fairness, I'm not there in coppers anymore at two thirty on a Wednesday morning. So. Let's go to coppers. <laughs> <laughs> Quick. Well, no. In in general, though, you do. Hear, I heard about. I wasn't in coppers and two thirty on any Wednesday morning. So, but I had heard about Jack McCaffrey and Kieran Kilkenny long before they played county senior football. You know, but I'm not hearing that about anybody in Dublin at the minute. And I, I, that's why I'd, I'd be with Paul on this. Mm. I think he's right. I think it is a golden generation. That particular under-21 team that Cavan should have beaten in the All-Ireland semi-final yeah. was, was an unbelievable <laughs> I'll tell crop. you lads, I, I'm a wee bit disappointed with O'Callaghan. Yeah, second-year syndrome. Though, he, he's had a very long year with no break. Yeah. He's, a, he's been on the go between that's the hurlers. Yeah, like, hurling, yeah. Yeah, so yeah it probably has had an effect. You, you, you wait and see when he's back playing at the level we know he can play at. Uh, that forward line suddenly going to look on un- unmarked. Like Kilkenny is what twenty four. Well, he was under twenty one in twenty fourteen, so he's twenty five this year. Twenty five this year. Mm-hmm. Lads, it's look at that Tyrone team, right? If Tyrone are good enough to get to an All Ireland final, and and we're struggling in qualifiers, and we haven't won, Dublin have won more All Irelands than we've won Ulster Championship matches in the last few years, which is considering eight of their twenty one were basically peers of our under-21s in, in uh, 2014. Look through that Tyrone team and and are there 15 players as good in Cavan or close to it as what's on that, what was lined out for Tyrone at Crow Park yesterday? Or Sunday? Yeah. Like, like, in, 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 in my in the, head, yes. Yeah, the talent is in the county, but I don't think it's been developed. Like it's, it's Jer- their, their talent has been Jerry developed. Smith, in my opinion, uh, is twice the footballer that, that Tierney McCann is potentially... If we can get the most out of him, he's 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 Quicker. at least as good an athlete, but better, but better he's far better feet. footballer. Like. Yeah, yeah he's no, probably it. quicker. Yeah, do we have a Maddie Donnelly? Yeah. Do we have Niall? Do we have Niall Sludden? I think we have. Yeah, like Conor but Bradley guess, is. is Niall Sludden is a perfect example. Niall Sludden has developed himself into a very good player from where he was. Wing, wing back on the under twenty one team that lost to Cavan. Yeah, so he 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 really has developed himself into into a decent player. Yeah, but at the same time, w- w- who was marking him at the weekend? There, N- uh, Merchant was it? Yeah, yeah, Merchant went out. Yeah, which I thought was a mismatch. Well, I mean, no, how was it? Uh, Mort- is, there any, is there anyone who thinks there was actually Bradley with Cooper in the early stages? I thought that was a mismatch. Well, you would have put Co- Merchant, Merchant on to Bradley, Bradley possibly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, leave, leave Cooper on to Sludden. They both look about fifteen. If you're yeah, going by, by size, but does does anyone think that Conor McAllister is is better than Dara McVitie? Like, I mean, no. better. Like, is he maybe on his best day is he as good as Dara on his best day? No, I don't think so. But he's certainly not better, and he's probably their their main scoring threat. Yeah, but he's he's. He's in probably more of a corner forward than I know. Dara's gone in there and done well for Cavan over in different matches, but he's probably more of a corner forward than Dara is. Yeah, do you know? Like I would look at the Cavan team and say that because Cavan have discarded players and haven't been able to get everybody in, what you have is a lot of players on the panel not playing in their best position. Completely, and that's what's actually letting the team down. Like they should be getting to. They should be as good as Monaghan. Mm. If they had the best players in the county in there, then they could have the players that are in there playing in their best position. Ronan McNamee, like that would make th- a big difference. Like mm. if Ronan McNamee came to Cavan, we w- we wouldn't be no harm to him. Like we wouldn't be setting off any fireworks. Like I don't think if it was a straight battle for a position in the full back line that he'd be ahead of Killian Clark, for example. But mm. as you say, our team has lined out ours for the la- last couple of years. Yeah, it's it, it is a very valid point, but I think I think you've hit on it, and I know it's a <laughs> it's a bugbear of mine. But anyway. It, uh, 
It's the development. It's the fact that I think in fairness to Peter Donnelly yet again, he has shown that he can do the, the physical development of a team to the highest standard, regardless of budget, regardless of population. Those Tyrone players were every bit, in my opinion, as fit and as fast and as strong as, as the Dublin lads. Just they didn't have the same football ability, I don't think. The the, the budget thing is, is is interesting. Like the, the the money does make a difference in sport. Like it, you know, you only have to look at like how does it make a difference? Well, it, make, it makes a difference in terms of s- sports science, which we know makes a difference. It makes a difference in terms of nutrition, um, and recovery, and all and all those different aspects. So, like, it, it, I know you were saying about the GA throwing money, but you, you, the, the thing about the, du- the Dublin thing is Dublin aren't throwing their money into Crow Park. You know, like the way other counties have to throw their money into Breffney Park and places like that. Every penny that Dublin make, they're able to throw in, into, you know, their, their own development squads. Their yeah. own, do you know, so there are there are advantages accrued there over ah, the period, yeah. period of time. There's no point saying it doesn't. Is it the be-all and end-all? No, because if Peter Donnelly can do what he can do with Tyrone on the budget that he has, then, you know, it, it takes a bit of creative thinking and it takes, like, you can certainly massively close the gap. You can certainly massively close the gap without spending a big budget, but can you ever totally bridge it without having decent finance? I, I don't know. I think you do need to have a certain level of backing behind you, you know? Mm-hmm. Time will tell. Time will tell on it. But um, yeah, I suppose the, 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 the most important thing is a consistency of approach. Yes. Not not throwing money willy nilly. Like you know, you need to have a consistency of approach. Which credit the Cav and there is a, a change happening there, especially with strength and conditioning. They're they're employing a full time strength and conditioning coach now in the next few weeks. So rather than passing money off to somebody to come in each year just for the senior team. And the bills for those being absolutely astronomical, they're, they're using that money now. It's ring-fenced off and it's going to be used at a full-time uh, strength and conditioning coach mm-hmm. who's going to oversee not just the senior team but all development squads mm-hmm. and on the age squads within the county. So it's a, it's a move in the right direction. Peter Donnelly went from Cavan to Tyrone to take up that role, uh, what are we talking now, four years ago? And you see, you see the reward that they're getting from it. So, hopefully, Cavan are by by twisting here. It's it's a it's a a move in the right direction. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. Because like strength and condition is, you need to right say talk about consistency in approach. It's forty eight to fifty week, you know, process over the course of a year. It's not we do it now or we get knocked out of championship and sure then we just go back to our clubs. Mm. And that when the management you know is there or not there and you don't know if the manager is staying on and the strength and condition coach doesn't know if he's staying on that's all should be took out of the 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 management's hands there should be some guy in there who's saying look you're on a panel you're going to be on a panel next year and not just maybe working with the 36 or 35 players on the panel there should be maybe a you know a wider group of another 30 players that may or may not get asked onto the panel next year that the manager is earmarked and they should be getting that expertise as well yeah the question Kevin is though is is there a desire there for that if, like we can't get the best players to go on to the first thirty, like can we get another thirty lads to be willing to put in that effort and not even not even be on a panel? Yeah, I'd I'd say you'd have absolutely no problem when you're what you're talking about here is you're giving them the advantage of almost a personal trainer. You're saying to the lads, look at 
we, we, we want you just that you're in the physical condition mm. that we can bring you in and then get onto the panel at some point. So we're not and putting it, that commitment straight away to you. It could be as much as, okay, you're, you, you got dropped from the panel, what do you need to go away and work on? Like this, is, this used to always drive me bananas when p- players would get dropped off the panel and you'd get a phone call maybe, oh, you'd be there and well, you got dropped, what happened? What did he say to you? Oh, he told me just go away and play a bit of football with the club. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, th- that feedback is complete bullshit, right? So you might as well, you know, the guy goes away, plays a bit of the club, everybody on the panel does strength and conditioning work, and then when you get invited back in, you're You'll a year... you have to regress. <laughs> you're a week, you're a year behind in terms of stuff. So yeah. the, the gap is pulled away. So, like, there could be somebody you could be looking at and saying, so without having to carry them on your panel, if there was a way of keeping them doing the strength and conditioning works that they're not going to be behind you know mm. and it maybe it's a case of making facilities available to them and making the expertise available to them so that, and then having them the accountability that they will check in every four weeks or something maybe. like that's where and that's where Kevin are are definitely falling behind in those scenarios where end of a county senior year that that gap appears, and you don't know who's who's over the team. It also is happening, and it's it's extremely obvious. And we highlighted earlier on in the year, Paul, about it. Our under twenties went out back in May. What day was it? So mid May, towards the end of the May. That that group yet again have gone now four and a half months without any contact. There's no strength and conditioning. There's been no football coaching. There's been nothing. So we're expecting Who's now... Who's responsible for that? Is that the, is that the, the game, game coaching of games or uh, Darren McCabe, GDM? Is there someone who's, who's responsible for that or is that one of these things that there's no... like? It's kind of like left to the... I'm not saying it is him. No, no, because I, the last I time don't we, know. I don't know. Is it, is it Kevin Downs or is it is it coaching and games that's meant to be looking after... That age group, or or any age groups, for yeah. example, the under seventeens when they went out against Monaghan, nothing has been done with them since, you know, and and we're now what two months after that. So, the the point being, either way, there needs to be a process put in place that makes sure that these kids and county seniors don't fall through a net or into a gap of a month or two months or three months without their strength and conditioning, their preparation work continuing. Like it's I, I, I asked the question on the radio with you that day, Damien. I just asked the question, who is responsible? And I, I made the point that there, there are full-time staff uh, in coaching and games, including a, a manager of all that. You know, So I, I never really got an answer for that. Um, and I know I was sort of got my knuckles wrapped because of it. For, because of asking the question, but we we still don't know who is responsible for that. So we're sitting here. We still don't know. We're we're the local media, and um, you're involved with with academy squads and things like that. We don't know whose job it is. Is it the under twenty manager's job? Is it the GDM's job? Is it the coach's job? Is it the club's job? Who is it? These are these fellas meant to go and join the gym themselves and maybe pay a personal trainer? Who knows? But sure, maybe next year this will all be revealed. Yeah, well, I I, I do I do think the, the the one thing is that there's there isn't accountability for any of it. You know, there's nobody there's nobody standing up and saying, you know, okay, it is your job. It's your responsibility. I don't think and maybe I'm wrong and again you can you maybe can shed some light on this. I don't think that we have an under 20 manager in place for next year. As in as far as I'm aware, I'm not I'm not sure that 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 it has been confirmed that Kevin Downs is is going or staying or or and if it has been there has been nothing done. So, you know, these sort of things have to be addressed. Like, you can't go and expect a Cavan 
remember next year's Cavan on the 20s team was in an All-Ireland minor semi-final and ran Kerry closer than any team in the country. A Kerry team with the best footballer, underage footballer we've seen in, in the last few generations, you know, and now we're allowing a, a six-month gap go ah, with those players and more. You're forgetting one thing, the future is blue. I, that's true. That's true. The future is very much blue, but it's it's something. It's something that that for me it's it's ludicrous. It, it you can't expect to go and compete with the best of the best if we're not preparing to to compete with the best of the best. You know, and, and that's that's where we're at. We're hoping at the minute we're not preparing. I, I love how a conversation about throwing in Dublin <laughs> just <laughs> veers off towards Ka- every. No matter what we talk about, we, well, we are Cavan. <laughs> yeah. Definitely so. That's uh, that's. I think that's that's a wrap on, on his good conclusion there, Michael. We'll uh, we, we'll call a halt to proceedings here. Thanks, William, for coming in and joining us on the podcast. As I said, later on in the week, we will be bringing you an additional podcast where we hope to go through the the senior, intermediate, and junior championships in Cavan. We'll have a, a look at the ladies' senior final, which takes place this Saturday. We'll uh, also be looking ahead to the Jerry Riley tournament final and uh, discussing the ongoing development works that are that are. Um, in the plans and in the pipeline for the the uh, Centre of Excellence at Kingsborough Breffney. I also want to bring your attention to um, a new service we're going to be doing on We Are Cavan. It's a subscription-based podcast uh, that will be coming out in the next few weeks. Um, very, very cheap and uh, a very affordable fee for a, a monthly subscription of additional podcasts and additional content. But if you could please, uh, if if you could watch out for that and spread the word and and, and subscribe, um, we'd be we'd be delighted with it just to keep the service going here. So thanks for joining us on the. Before we ma- go, Damien, sorry to interrupt you. We better wish Mickey the best lucky senior championship match against Scott Sanders again. Revenge is in the air for Bally Bay. So very best of luck to yourself and the Bally Bay lads. No, it's a, it's it's technically a quarter final. Whoever wins going to semi final. Whoever loses gets another shot. Gets another shot. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you, 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 when you beat Scottstown, you want to beat them and beat them to put them out. So maybe maybe yeah. that's a want to beat them any day. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Best of luck at the weekend. Thanks very much, folks, for listening to the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast on wearecavan.com. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. Yeah. Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Kevin to get come back into the big time? And then the cave, and it's over the lap, and Kevin are not buried yet. Have them doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh, yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill, what a day he is having! Oh, this is brilliant by Kevin! Dandy legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah! Hurrah, yeah! <laughs>